0: We'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we create today, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. Hi, I'm Lucy, wedding photographer.
1: And hi, I'm Eddie, wedding videographer.
0: And this is Unveiled, your little black book of weddings. Let's get you guys hitched. Hi Ed.
1: Hey Luce. How's it going? Good, exciting one today. We yeah. are interviewing a caterer.
0: Yes, Jo from Garnish who actually catered our wedding. She's based on New, New South Wales, South Coast. Yeah. Oh my God, the food. The food yeah. is we absolutely so, insane. Like, crazy amount of compliments.
1: Yes, the we, so we've had Jo's food when we've been at many of the weddings we've done together and she was like... Without a doubt, our first pick, and she, yeah, did not disappoint. Our food was absolutely insane. So on today's episode, we fire a bunch of questions at Jo just to really help you guys in the wedding planning process. So she touches on things like, you know, how to save in certain areas. Yeah,
0: cocktail versus sit down, the pros and cons of that.
1: Yep. What is an absolutely torture season for cheese (laughs) boards and fly season?
0: (laughs) know when to not have a cheese board because of how crazy flies are and I will preface that I make a comment about some pretty disgusting fly facts in (laughs) this in this episode and I'm sorry about that so please don't eat while you're listening yes and she also
1: for all the people with special dietary requirements she actually touches on some really useful ways she, she, her and her team cater yes. for these sorts of things. So yeah, sure it's actually no a really good business. episode, this one. So let's get straight into it. So Joe, what got you into the wedding industry?
2: I got in uh, probably about 17, 18 years ago. And I'll tell you, it was so silly. It was my my parents uh, wanted to do have a party for 60 people and it was canapes. And so... I was in their kitchen just cooking out, you know, serving out canapes just by myself. And this lady with a big bucket of red wine in her hand said to me, would you cater my son's wedding next year? And I thought, well, I don't know how many of those buckets of red wine she's had, but I said, sure. (laughs) (laughs) So, and thinking I'd never get a phone call, and then the next week I got a phone call from from the bride who said, I've been told you're the best, super sweet of her. And so I did their wedding, which was the head of their wedding, which was supposed to be only 100 people. And she kept calling me in for meetings. And every time she called me in for a meeting, she told me to sit down because the numbers kept going up. (laughs) And ultimately, it was 280 people. And it was my first ever catering job. Oh, my goodness. I, I remember it very, very well. But what happened was one of the 280 people actually owned, one of the guests owned a wedding venue. Oh. And he called me a couple of days later and said, would you come work for me? So then I started working him and then I started working for another venue. So I was working at two venues. Then I realised, hang on a second, I should do this myself and start up my own business. And so we've pro- I've ha- probably had garnish catering now for I think it's like 15 years.
0: The <laughs> fact that you made that much of an impact on your very was, first yeah. wedding with 280 yeah. people and then got yeah. the call up from a wedding venue... I mean, yep. that just epitomizes isn't how, how amazing. Yeah. Happens, isn't it? I and agree. How amazing it, you are at your job, Joe. That's well, amazing. It
2: was really funny. I remember when I first started, I didn't even have a business card, and that was kind of word of mouth. And I was starting to do like 10 weddings a year. And then I started building and building and building. And now we probably do about oh, 130 to 150 a year now. Oh, my yeah. goodness. So it just shows you. And I have an amazing team of people you've got as i keep saying you've got to love what you do and you've got to surround yourself with people that you love because i do see my garnish chain we call ourselves the garnish family because they are family because you see them so much yeah and yeah. uh you're in a kitchen together but they all have the same uh, ethos when it comes to this you know it's a yes before a no in terms of trying to help everybody like i've had wait staff who've gone through bins trying to find a phone number for a bride like I don't care that it's not in that sort of like job description of what a caterer is our job description is to make sure that everyone has the best night ever that's that's our goal yeah so i surround myself with people who are also secretly thinking they're getting married with you yeah, mm-hmm. so, yeah it's such a nice yeah. way to
0: yeah. look at yeah. it yeah
1: well, yeah well lucy and i can definitely vouch for everything you've said because you not only catered our own wedding but we've seen you at so many weddings yeah. and we always love yet delicious food so you're so a very easy people. pick for <laughs> us so so just so the <laughs> listeners can get their bearings are you based on the south coast
2: yeah, so I'm based in uh in Berry in a little town called Berry, yep. New South Wales, South Coast. When well, I've lived here for, oh, I don't know, about 13 years, something like that. Before that, I was living in Kiama for a few years. Or, or originally, I, I grew up in Sydney.
1: Yeah, beautiful.
2: i been down here for about 16 odd years, something like that. So, yeah, Berry's beautiful. Like, it's, it's a beautiful place. It's a destination wedding area, isn't it? it so, is. like, there's, as you guys know, so yeah. there's
1: so many weddings, life. beautiful wedding venues all in exactly. around that area
2: exactly and they're all got something different to offer which I kind I like so you can find something for everybody down here mm. and I kind of like down because it's a destination place you can you can make a week like what you guys did it was make a weekend of it because the wedding day is so fast yes. so it's so lovely to have the night before and the day after and to set to hang out with all your friends and family as well so yeah like I got married down here as well One, 20 odd years ago I got married down here as well
0: so it's a beautiful place to get married. And cocktail versus sit down. Can you explain the difference and the pros and cons between the two? Yeah, well cocktail's far more of a casual vibe. So you you have like a lot of people have like little sofa
2: areas now and little tables and chairs everywhere and you basically we just churn out canopy food till you can't eat any more. So it's sort of like you're more standing up a bit more. It's very relaxed. It's, it's no way near as a structured as an event in terms of you know when there's a speech to happen, we just stop serving food, and then when the speech is finished, we start serving food again. So it is far more of a casual vibe. A sit down. There's two different types of sit down really now. It's a it's a alternate drop sit down or a shared banquet sit-down. The sit-down alternate drop used to be the big thing years ago. It really isn't as, as popular. We certainly do it. Probably one in every 30 weddings is now an alternate drop. That's interesting. Nothing wrong with it. It's the style that you would like, so there's no reason one's not better than the other. It's just it's the way it is. Shared banquets well, like 20 years ago for me, there was no such thing. Mm. So so now yeah, they're the two types. So the shared banquet, alternate drop, you sit down for a, for a set amount of time and you eat sitting down, have some speeches and you get up again. Yeah. The two the two major things is cost in a large part or the structure. So usually sit down can be... Alternate drop is usually a bit more formal while shared banquet is a, is a casual way to sit down and eat while canapes is very, very casual. So... The, the, it is cheaper to have a canopy wedding, ultimately, purely for the fact that you're not having to pay for the cutlery the crockery and all that sort of thing. So it can be ultimately cheaper too with the hiring of everything. But to be honest, probably 90% of the weddings that we do are shared banquet and that's where groups of food are put down the middle of the table and everyone helps themselves from their, from their seat. It's a kind of a really good middle of the road between a, a canopy and a, a sit-down alternate drop. Alternate drop is, is is far more formal. Far, yeah. far more formal. You have a plated dish. You get the dish that you get. There's usually some negotiations because everyone, we do an alternate drop. So it could be beef, chicken, beef, chicken, beef, chicken mm. down the table. And you do see them negotiating, and, and that's absolutely <laughs> fine. But with shared banquet, it's platters down the middle of the table. And if you don't want to eat something, you don't have to eat it. So if mm. it's lamb and chicken, you don't like chicken, you don't serve yourself any chicken. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's, a, it's a bit different, but cost wise, Canapé uh, is obviously cheaper. I personally love canapé weddings, but I think the problem is they've got a bit of a bad reputation, unfortunately, because we've all been to those weddings where you've been at canapé wedding and you always miss out on the food, or there's people standing by the doorway of the kitchen that's getting all the food <laughs> as it's coming out. Mm. You know, there's always some of those. So there is a bit of a bad for, ca- for canapé wedding. but if you get the right caterer that understands that you've got to serve variety and you've got to serve a lot of it, and your weight staff have really good communication and they say, I've been left with this amount of food, you need to go right, or I've fed that person for this person over here, hasn't had any.
0: Mm. You
2: communicate, If you, communi- you can actually have an amazing panopay wedding and I love it because the vibe is, is fantastic, but it unfortunately has had a bad rap. So
0: it, I, I think it's slowly changing. It's, nice. That's really clear. And we, we chose to have the shared banquet and it honestly to me feels like you're almost sitting down at christmas time with all your yes. favorite people it's it's yes. so you can nice i love
1: yeah, it um, yeah. yeah some I'm people call it
2: family style which is i can which is totally that because i also love the fact so we put a shared banquet five groups of food in front of usually every for every eight people so it's four sitting across from four and the beauty, I think, with Shared Banquet is if you don't know everyone in that group of eight, it's a great conversation starter when you're passing platters around to each other. So true. So, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Is, it's, uh, it is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so, Lucy and I are often looking over run sheets and I would love to get your idea or input in how long do you think a dinner should ideally go for to keep the, the night flowing?
2: Yeah, it's usually, look, we usually say on a run sheet an hour. The biggest problem is that that dinner service for us is very airy-fairy to a degree because there are so many different variables. And the the biggest variable largely is speeches before dinner and they never go according to plan. So if we say dinner at 6 o'clock, we could be ready at 6 o'clock, but it might not necessarily mean Mm. we're going to start because we're waiting for a speech, which is no big deal. It's very normal. But then, of course, you have the stragglers and the people take longer to eat than others. And I don't really love rushing guests to have to, you know, eat really fast. And if they want to, like we had a wedding just actually only two days ago and we had like one whole group that was still eating everyone else had eaten. But I don't want to rush them. So that's mm. why we say an hour, but it can, it can go out depending on how long it takes for your guests to eat. And if they're really enjoying it, like I don't want to pull the plate from them. <laughs> so, yeah. We hold off as long as we possibly can. We've even done it where situations we've had a couple of people who are still eating and they're just happy to keep eating during the second lot of speeches mm. after dinner anyway and we just get their plates later. But normally, where to go, it's usually about an hour. Yeah, and, okay. and, and also the other variables is venue. Is that if, the, if there's a long walk between the kitchen and, then the, and the marquee or the barn or wherever we're at, that obviously factors it in. We, I tend to put more staff on, but obviously it still takes a little bit longer. So, if your kitchen's very close, it's a lot quicker service.
0: On that, Joe, do you ever clear tables during speeches? No. No. Can you, can you explain? Lucy yeah. yeah. and I explain. had a
1: big debate this a about big, this last yeah. episode. Yeah, I really. <laughs> yeah.
0: We,
2: for us, it's usually a distraction to the speeches. We've become a distraction. <laughs> and we can be as quiet as possible, but we're still, you know, it does yeah. take a bit. And then. And you're moving around and people are trying to get to look past you because they're trying to watch the person doing the speech and you've got yourself, you know, right in their line of sight. So we try not to. It's better for us. Also, too, it sounds awful, but then when you guys are doing speeches during that period, then we can eat. I can get my team fed. I can get all the suppliers fed. And we also then can start packing up our kitchen, getting ready for all the plates and all the cutlery that's about to come in. Mm so we can prepare ourselves for the next stage so it kind of is it's the best time for every supplier and my team to eat before it really goes crazy because all those dirty plates are coming in all dirty platters and everything so we try and and then we've i've had situations where we have had to wait for speeches and before we can clear so there are also you're sitting there with all dirty plates in front of you while Mm. you're listening to a speech and then what ends up happening is I've got my team standing around just waiting with nothing to do. So we kind of like to flow it like keep flowing. In saying that, if, if the couple really, really wants to do speeches, some people do speeches and eat at the same time, it's whatever works for them.
0: But ultimately, mm. most weddings we clear before the second round of speeches.
1: Yeah. yeah. Nice one.
0: And do you find that there's sort of one common thing that couples often overlook in regards to catering?
2: Uh, yeah, probably, as a, probably a couple. The first one is if you're doing shared banquet, remember that you've got the platters on the tables. <laughs> so oh, yes, sometimes good. the tables oh, mm. look beautiful. They're, ah, they're, they're, they're yes. gorgeous. Okay. I'm looking at them in a different act I'm thinking how on earth am I going to get the platters on the table? There's nowhere to put them.
1: That's such so, a good point.
2: Yeah, you've got to find – you've got to make sure you have space. So factor in that – and I've had brides and grooms email me going, what's – what?" size is the platter that you're going to be using. So I'll go look at a rectangle platter that's 30 centimetres by 15 centimetres. And, and so that they kind of can figure it out mm. because it does look beautiful, but then we have got the problem, where do you put everything? Yes, and sir. so you do find that guests will find a way, if they can get a platter of food put right in front of them, they'll, they'll move mountains to, get, <laughs> to mm. make a space right in front of them. But you really don't want to be moving around too much. It ends up just being a bit of a mess. So it's just easier if you can factor in spaces, especially in between like floral arrangements and stuff, yeah. so that you can factor that in. And then the other thing is special dietaries. It's the special trees for us it's always the hardest. No problem having special dietaries, but at all it's, it's I don't think we've ever done a wedding without them, but it's when we don't know about them. And because we're bringing all the food in, it's the stress of going, oh goodness, I remember, this is years and years and years ago, we were doing a wedding. It was at Kangaroo Valley in the south coast. And uh, we had, I got told there was about five vegetarians and we were doing canapé service. And, and my team kept coming back going, Joe, there's, there's more than five. There's a lady in the red dress, a woman in the blue dress. And it was getting up. And then we did a count. So it was at least 12, at oh, least. And I'm thinking, right, I probably double. have enough vegetarian for maybe seven. I don't have enough for 12. So, I was out there driving in the middle of the night in Kangaroo Valley finding somewhere, anywhere that I could make something out of nothing. Oh, so, my goodness. So, even though it wasn't our fault, I don't want people thinking, oh, gosh, that, that catering company was terrible. They didn't feed us. It was just we didn't know that there were so many. So, mm. um, if we know they exist, we can make it work. And we don't know, it's a bit stressful. Yeah. yeah. So, it's making sure that, like, the more information the better it, what their name is where they're seated it makes life so much easier so if I've got a vegetarian the the team we know if we're serving out shared banquet for example and we've got lamb we try not to put the big platter of lamb right yeah there, or, or <laughs> vegan or something I mean they don't need that yeah. mm. <laughs> so we try and space it around and then we can make something totally separate for them so that they you know and it's and it makes us feel good because I do know that a lot of special dietary people, they tend to get overlooked and forgotten about. So it's really nice to make them feel special as well.
1: One thing I know a couple of our guests that were vegetarians that actually came back to us and said, you guys really went out of your way yes. to help accommodate for them. Yeah. Uh, so really appreciate oh, that. Oh, that's
2: sweet. And I think it's the way you word it too, because it's, you, you do find that people, you go, right, you, is this a special dietary or you just don't like this very, very long list of things that you don't like to eat? <laughs> and so, you know, the dietaries are really important. If I if I hear the word EPIP, i want to know about it yes like absolutely not allergies mm. and stuff like obviously you know so it's very very important to us and, and we sometimes revise like we had a wedding only last week and we had one person who was seriously anaphylactic to nuts so the bride and i had a chat and we decided let's not put nuts in anything mm. so that way it's all it's all just a lot easier there's no cross contamination you know and we all feel better for it. Yeah,
0: it's yep. scary, so, isn't yeah.
2: it? You know, yeah, it is scary. So we try and celiacs. We try like we when we have celiacs, which obviously we we bring a separate deep fryer in just to cover ourselves. So we're doing arancini, for example. We'll have a like which obviously got a crumb on it. We try and do something totally separate in a whole separate fryer just for them. Yeah, because that's the sort of stuff that can can you know have you know cross contamination yeah. that sort of thing. So. Mm. Yeah, if we know about them, we can make it work. When we yeah. don't know about it, let me tell you, the panic in the kitchen is palpable. We're trying <laughs> to figure out what to do. We have a massive brainstorming session and, yes, we are, there, there has been times we've gone out in the middle of the night trying to find something, anything that we can serve people. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's like
1: a lot of yeah. window, vet, wedding vendors, right? You've got to think on your feet because yeah, you can you just do. get thrown curveballs mm-hmm. all, all the time.
2: Yes, all the time. Exactly right.
1: So we have we touched on it uh, before and in savvy ways you can save – in when it comes to catering in terms of having a cocktail-style wedding. But is there any other pointers you'd have for the listeners?
2: Look, I reckon the biggest way to save money is is dessert, personally. I don't know how much wedding cakes cost. I never actually properly asked. I can kind of get an idea of how much they cost. But I'm sure, because there's a lot of effort put into those cakes, so they're expensive. And to me, dessert is the most wasted course of the whole entire night. Mm. People are up and, down, up and about moving and dancing around, so... If you've got a wedding cake, use that as your dessert. You don't need to have a seated people. For me, I find that if you are having a seated uh, wedding, I don't, I don't think it's good to have people sitting down for far too long. Mm. I think it changes the vibe of things. So you want people to sit down, have those speeches, eat, and you want them up. They want to move around. And if they want to sit down, they can go sit down. You know, and, and hang out with other people, of course. But it's, it gets rid of all the formality. So by the time dessert comes, they're all moving around. They're on the dance floor. They're at the bar. They're, you know, they're all outside. They're doing all their own things. So if you've got a wedding cake, I would so use it as your dessert. Yep. It's yeah. It's... We can and we for us, we're already there, so we just it's part of our package. we just serve it canapé style. yeah, and then the beauty is if you're on the dance floor you can we can put it beside the bar and you can come your guests can go get it at the end you know later on in the evening. so yeah. just that's where I I reckon there's a great way to save money. Uh, you know the the guest numbers obviously is the biggest one of yes, course yes, you know, yes, yes. so you know the big don't invite
0: is anyone to your wedding. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. Big numbers. They go on my budgets, going out, and they go, "Well, you've got 170 people, so yep. you know it's hard." But yeah, look, those are the things. I, I don't think, and I'm going to be killed by every florist and everything I love, but I love florists. But you don't have to go to town with all the decorations. You really don't. If you're in a really great venue, you can, you know, looking outside's a great, you know, looking at the view is mm. a great sort of. And I'm a firm believer too. Candles. I love candles at weddings. I think candles. Look beautiful yeah, at night. They do. Yes. So they're the the main ones. But I do find that people ask us for all this extra stuff, and my uh, my response always is, uh, uh, listen to what your caterer has to say, because the caterer obviously does a lot of weddings. But it's I've gotten a lot of people who say to me, oh, can I have an extra side, or can I have an extra main, or can I have an extra six canopies, and I, and I always say, I don't want to put my hand in your pocket unnecessarily. I'm happy to do it. But I don't want to waste your money. I think it's too much. You mm. know, no one's going to be to eat all that. So sometimes it's really important to listen to the cat. Do whatever you like. If you want to have more canopies, then absolutely. But if I've, I've many a time, I've said, I really think this is this is too much. You're not going to be able to get all through this. There's no yeah. way. And I don't want to just keep you know charging you more if you don't really need it.
1: Yeah. 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 Awesome. What do you think is the most challenging part of your role?
2: I, I think w- when I think about it. For us, as cater, you guys are there a long time too. But caterers as well. We're we're at the wedding for a long time compared to a lot of other people. So, we we have a lot. As caterers, we sometimes find that we get doing other things other than catering, which have no no problem at all. We we become jack of all skills basically. So, which is kind of which is kind of nice. But it's it's a very long day for us, which is interesting that uh, we have you know we're working in sometimes hard environments they're not like proper proper commercial kitchens they're like maybe little rooms like mm-hmm. you know what I mean and we're churning out for 150 people lots and lots of hopefully beautiful food so our the, the, the conditions that we're at is interesting always we can work in little catering tents in the middle of a paddock so that's always a challenge but on the other hand I kind of think it makes life exciting so, so we've done a lot of that. But, yeah, it, that's the thing. And special diet. I mean, special dietary, because when we're doing service, it's just remembering where everybody is and the mm. way that it all has to be placed. That can be really tough. But, look, there's, we've, we've been throwing curveballs. I kind of, I'm a list person. I write list upon list upon list trying to make sure that you bring everything to a wedding. You can't afford to forget something, especially even top of a mountain somewhere. You can't forget. So you have to have lots of lists and you have a lot of triple checking because you're bringing in a lot of stuff mm.
0: for one event. That's so true. And you guys mm. are there for a very, very long time. So it's a big, it's a big yeah. day.
2: It's a big, big day. I mean, we've done the worst day I think we had. We had a wedding once and it was 42 degrees before we even put the oven on oh. and I'll never forget it. And we, we were honestly wetting tea towels and putting them in the freezer and wrapping our heads in them. <laughs> just, we've never been so hot in our lives, oh, but we got through it. Oh but there's goodness. a lot of it's those sort of conditions. But on the other hand, you can look back and you can you can laugh.
0: Yeah. Got through it, survived, and you can <laughs> laugh about it then. That's right. That's right. And as we're all aware, the the wedding industry is c- constantly evolving. Are you personally noticing any catering trends or anything shifting?
2: Uh, yeah, oh, without doubt. The midweek wedding is huge. Mm. Like, And, and I wonder, it's, it's been huge ever since the COVID, end of COVID because it's become now normal. So, I mean, I know some wedding venues down here do three weddings a week. Mm. Easy. Yeah. They'll do like a Monday, a Wednesday and a Saturday. So we are doing more and more during the week than we've ever done. And we certainly, back before COVID, it was Friday and Saturday nights only, really. I mean, we we did barely, we did some midweek, but nothing compared to now. Now it's become quite normal, and people worry about midweek weddings. You had a midweek wedding; did it, it felt like a Saturday? Like it, you know, it doesn't feel like people have this worry that a midweek wedding is going to feel different. It doesn't. No. It feels exactly the same. Yeah. So, if anything, and, and
1: people if, just if take days your, off around it. Yeah, if you're giving your guests enough <laughs> yeah. notice, it's more than you know. It's more than okay for them to organise, you know, take a day off work or whatever they need to do.
0: Yeah.
2: Exactly. If anything, exactly. they'll
1: be stoked to take it out of work.
2: Well, that's right. You know, We've had big, big weddings midweek. People are not having a problem getting off work and it, and it is nice. So we're, we are doing a lot more midweek. It's become the norm. The grazing table uh, phenomenon has, has been going on for a few years. So the idea that you don't have canapes after the ceremony, you have a grazing table, that's still going. Like I thought at one point it might sort of start to die down. Mm. It's still extremely popular.
1: Yeah, so Loose yeah, loves a good cheese board.
0: <laughs> so do I. <laughs> Caterers do it so well.
1: If anything, I think people just like taking photos of them. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, uh, we've done the whole secret squirrel thing. We've been holding behind the bush and watching the guests' reaction when they come and see our grazing table. Yeah. And it makes us happy because yeah. it because it sort of, like, starts the whole celebration, if that makes sense. It's sort of like, wow. And it, Kind of says to, to every guest, we're going to be fed well today, yes. which I
1: love. When you got this big grazing so, table and champagnes there waiting for you, it, it's just like just, oh, cheese oh, and we're
0: champagne it's like you can't <laughs> really, have no. a better combination, right? Hundred percent. See, it's so
2: weird. I wouldn't care. Like I'm just controversial, but I wouldn't care if there was no chocolate in the world. But if there was no cheese, I'd be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I love
0: cheese. <laughs> oh, see, I'm I'm a fan of both. Oh yeah.
2: I know, <laughs> if I it, no. I know it's funny, isn't it? So I just I put love everything both. on that grazing table that I love, to, I love, and I always have. I like, better just check this new cheese out. You never know. Your you know, your job just better make sure. Yeah, and uh, find some really amazing stuff to put in those on those tables, which is mm-hmm. awesome. So mm-hmm. yeah, and that hasn't that trend is is certainly still going on, and if anything, it's got stronger than ever, and so much so that now there's catering companies that that's all they do. Yes, so that's it, there, right. Very very popular, and then uh, the, uh, as I said, the alternate drop. No, not as popular as it, it, it used to be. It, yeah. it, c- certainly long five, six years ago, it was far more popular. And this, as I said, I, for those who are still having an alternate drop, don't think that you're, you know, you're not being trendy. It's, it's still a wonderful way to celebrate your wedding. It's just I think the shared banquet's sort of taken over a bit at the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah agreed. Yeah. And do you think couples should be factoring in climate when it comes to selecting their catering options?
2: Yeah, 100%. It, don't have a grazing table in a field on a really hot, you know, in, in the middle of summer. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, while it mm. might be also so hot, the flies. Nothing beats oh, the flies. So I, bad. I, I, the flies can be horrific. Like today, horrific. Mm. The, uh, uh, it's, it's, flies are not, are not our friend. And I've had to have like, stuff um, <laughs> waving, waving constantly across the grazing table to kick flies off it. So if it's in, a, in warmer weather, like I, I would steer clear of, uh, grazing tables. Obviously, if you're having canapes before, after a ceremony in its winter, I'd go hot canapes any day of the week. You know, go for... And go for more seasonal things uh, personally too. So, yeah, you know, uh, climate is a big, big deal. If you're having a grazing table, don't have the table in the middle of the sun. Have it in dappled light so that it doesn't... It still looks beautiful, but, you know, it's not being slammed by the sun. So, yeah, they're the...
0: Cl- climate does make a big difference it mm. really does yeah awesome
1: so, and yeah. you've you've shared some can I just ups- say
0: too on that grazing table thing that apparently flies vomit like every five oh, seconds which no.
1: yeah. is just, <laughs> just smashing her computer with google then yeah. I was like what is Lucy doing <laughs> on the computer
0: well, I'm googling my fact but I remember hearing someone say flies vomit or poo very often so yes don't i back joe on the the open food during during (laughs) summer just don't do it
2: (laughs) don't do it i agree and look i would steer clear of any of that sort of stuff it is it's atrocious I remember doing a wedding uh, in January. Seriously, we're talking 10, 12 years ago. And all I remember it was the fly wedding. I, I couldn't even see <laughs> The, the fly wedding? No. And that was January. And I remember going, oh, my goodness. Oh. And there's only so much waiting that you yeah. can do. So yeah. it's a wave. But it was unfortunate. It was just so super hot mm. and the flies were. So they do actually, like, today it's not, we've been a bit bad with flies, but I got married in March because that I got told 20 years ago that the in March it's low fly season. So that's why, and I had this vision because back then everyone had veils, not right now. And so I didn't want to have pictures, photos of myself with a veil with flys. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I was thinking. There you go. Amazing. <laughs> yeah.
1: And you've shared yeah. some, like, such great advice today and so many things I had absolutely no idea about. And you would have given some awesome pointers to the listeners. But finally, do you think you can just give us your top tip for future couples that are looking to plan their wedding?
2: Look. I, I personally think for, for anyone planning a wedding, it's the biggest It's the biggest party you've ever got to organise. That's how I always say it to couples. And it's a big party. And, and you see a lot of some couples get very, very stressed. Others are all over it and they're not worrying about things. Personally, for me, the ones who aren't worrying about things as much is because they've got a wedding planner. Mm. And you don't have to have someone... Like, you can take as much or as little of the, of the their job description as you want. So, for me, if I was to get remarried tomorrow... I would want someone to clean up the mess the next day after a wedding because I quite frankly don't want to do that. I've probably had a too big a night the night before and do not want to be getting up in the morning and cleaning it all up. So for me, having a, 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 some type of wedding planner I think is really great and takes the stress off because that person is then sending us pesky caterers a run sheet and they're organising all the supplies. They're calling us up, making sure that we're going to be there on the day. They're you know, confirming that we've arrived, and they do all—they—they they do all of it. They set the tables, they set everything. So therefore, you can be—you can start the champers at seven o'clock in the morning on the day of your wedding if you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not—you're not stressed. So it's really good for us because we get a, like a run sheet like a month out because that's what they do. That's their job. So that we—I can plan my team, I can plan everything earlier. So we know what we're doing, and then if we've ever got a problem. We're not bothering. I do not like bothering brides and grooms. If we've got a problem and we've had it happen, like the power's gone out or whatever, let me tell you, the bride and groom have no idea
0: because mm.
2: we talk to them we, 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 and we problem solve it together. So I do think for the, uh, the for the money, uh, having a wedding planner can help or someone to, just, just to coordinate everything so that you can actually enjoy this amazing day. So I, I kind of think that they're actually worth their weight in gold personally. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So, and so there yeah. you
0: go, we can cut the cut the dessert out of the catering option and pop it towards yeah. a, a planner or a coordinator. Get a planner, a great, get a
2: coordinator and then they can be there on the day just even for a few hours. It just means... You don't want to be on the morning. Of, you know, some people might enjoy it, but having to set tables and get the place of they'll do all that. Yeah. And that, that way you guys can enjoy hanging out with your friends and family on your day. So rather than worrying about all the details. So I, I kind of think it's really good. And I also think personally, and it sounds really weird, you, you've got to love all your suppliers. Like choose people you love because they're the ones that are going to get you there in the end and they want the best for you. So you surround yourself with people that, that have the same mindset as you and they want that, that you in, enjoy, you know, talking to, emailing. They're good at, res, you know, responding to emails and so they, they calm you down. So if you surround yourself with good vendors, it does make a massive difference.
1: And how far in advance do you think people need to be looking at booking in that caterer?
2: Uh, minimum a year. Okay. Really? Minimum a year. A year to eighteen months is quite normal. I had my first twenty twenty five quote the other day and I went, no, wow. no, that's fudge. Can't you, too how far do you, even, can you <laughs> even
1: quote that? It's just yeah, like, no, it's well so... I couldn't. Yeah. I
2: said, Look, I can give you some twenty twenty four prices to get an idea, but I can't quote that far out. But Usually a year, a year to eighteen months is quite standard. So, and I always say to the couples, find your ven- venue first. Your venue is obviously the important thing you need because there's only one of those, and then and then go from there. Yeah. We can do more than one wedding on a day, so it's a bit different. But obviously, a venue can't do two weddings on the same day. So, get your venue and or narrow it down, and then start getting some pricing. Awesome. Yeah.
0: And what's your month? Because I don't work in fly season. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's exactly right. That's exactly
1: right. <laughs> so funny. Right, well, thanks oh, well, thanks so much, Joe jo, for letting us pick your brain. And I'm welcome. sure you're very busy. And Luce and I can't wait to jump on board I'll with another wedding that I'll we're doing soon. very soon, I'm sure.
0: Thanks, Joe. You're amazing. You're very welcome, my friend. We'll Love chat to you soon. Okay, right. bye. Bye. Bye.